The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tuesday edition of PFT PM. Shereen Williams, Mike Florio here with you over the course of the next hour discussing all of the biggest stories in the National Football League. There is no bigger story right now than the John, Rudin, uh, John Gruden excuse me, resignation on Monday night and the aftermath, the tentacles, the questions, the issues. Shireen, I- I'm just going to throw it to you right out of the gates because I talked about it for two hours today with Sims. I've been doing radio all day. I was on Dan Patrick. I was on Rich Eyes, and I was here. I was there. I want to hear what you think about what's gone on over basically the last 21 hours just amazed at how quickly this happened, Mike. I honestly thought that Urban Meyer would be the first head coach in the NFL to go this season. I I really did. And all of a sudden, we're talking John Gruden on late Friday, and then it picks up steam yesterday, and he's gone. And you knew after the New York Times story came out, I think our response on the text string on PFT, everybody was like, wow, unbelievable you know, here we go, and it's time for him to resign. And it didn't take long after that story came out that he did resign. But I think it was obvious after we all saw that story that the resignation was coming or a firing was coming, uh, and it happened very, very quickly. But just amazed at how quickly this this spun, Mike, you think from Friday night to where we are today. And I can't help but wonder if he would have avoided the release of emails on Monday to the New York Times if he had resigned or if he had been fired Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday morning. Now, I have operated under my own belief, and I've heard things that support this. This isn't speculation. This isn't pulling things out of the air. This isn't throwing darts. This is a serious situation, and I'm going to make sure that I'm as accurate and clear as I can be. The league leaked this information. A source that I trust completely has told me this was leaked by the league, not by some rogue investigator who was dismayed by these emails and took it upon himself or herself to provide this information to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. This is something that was leaked by the league. Now, Brian McCarthy, NFL spokesman, has gone on the record in an email I got just before the show started to say uh, to say to me that they did not leak this and I look okay fine he's on the record to say that he didn't fine I that doesn't mean I have to accept it and and I'm not going to provide that function where I'm just going to be somebody who says hey they said they didn't do it and not comment any further I reserve the right to say I don't believe it I don't believe it I'm not saying McCarthy's lying McCarthy's passing along what someone told to him I think that it was not an accident it was not something that just happened It wasn't a result of the Wall Street Journal and or the New York Times scurrying through dumpsters or having secret meetings with sources in parking garages or digging and digging and digging. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We heard something and we're getting to the bottom. If you're getting to the bottom of it, get Dan Snyder's emails, not John Gruden's, because they're all in the same bucket at this point. There's got to be more interesting emails in there than John Gruden's. And, And if you got... Snyder's and Gruden's and only Gruden's have inflammatory information it would be relevant to say there's been a thorough review of Dan Gruden's emails to Bruce Allen and there's nothing in there of any consequence because people believe there may be so to me it's the tip of the iceberg to me there's other stuff out there that will continue to be hidden other people will be nervous Shireen who communicated with Bruce Allen during his employment with the Washington football team who can't go scrub their emails not that I think you can effectively scrub them anyway. Those emails are already part of the 650,000 trove that is buried somewhere until someone wants to pull a handful of them out and use them against someone. And that's what I'm ultimately concerned about, the ability of someone, if they see fit, to pull out a handful of emails about somebody that, for whatever reason, they may decide between now and whenever they want to deal with. They've got the ultimate weapon 
And they don't have to release the emails. They can say, you saw what happened with Gruden. If you walk away, you'll never have to worry about these being leaked. I'm not saying anyone's going to do it, but the circumstances allow us to say, holy crap, that could happen. No question, Mike. And it's fine for the NFL to go on record and say we had nothing to do with this. They haven't said, hey, we're opening an investigation to see how these emails leaked out, who has them, what else is coming out. There's none of that. They haven't started an investigation to find out who leaked these emails, I presumably because they know who leaked these emails. I can't imagine a ton of people were privy to this e- these emails, Mike. This came from the top of the food chain because I, not that many people within the league, I am certain, had the e- these emails and knew what they were. Now, why did they decide to target John Gruden? Is because, as you said, I can't imagine that in 650,000 emails, that was the only emails that would have gotten someone in trouble. I can't imagine that. Are there others that are going to come out toward other people? Or as you said, are they going to call these people and say, hey, here's what we have. You need to resign. Are we going to see resignations within the NFL? There are a lot of nervous people, I am certain, in this league. And I do have to wonder, Mike, when this Washington football team investigation started uh, of a toxic workplace culture that they had there, was John Gruden nervous? He knew what he had sent, right? He says he didn't in that Friday uh, social media post statement he put out. But was he truly nervous? Because he knew those emails he had sent to Bruce Allen were on Bruce Allen's Washington football team account. So was he nervous at that point that all of this was going to come to a head? I'm guessing that he wasn't, but he probably should have been. And now I'm guessing that there are a lot of people who know emails that they sent to someone within the Washington organization on a work email who are now nervous in this league, Mike, waiting for their shoe to fall. Yeah, and look, I'm astounded that John Gruden did not walk away in the aftermath of Friday's report. Because in addition to what was leaked to the Wall Street Journal, materials were provided to the Raiders. Materials were provided again on Monday to the Raiders. At some point between Friday night and the publication of the New York Times story on Monday night, you would think that Gruden would have realized there's more coming. And if I get out, maybe they won't be published. And look, it's been another day. Now, I don't know that there will be more published I would bet there won't be because what someone wanted finally happened. He walked away. Even if there were more, there's no reason at this point to continue to leak them. So as you raise that very good point as to whether or not the NFL would indeed be investigating whether and who and how those emails were leaked to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, I thumbed out a response to Brian McCarthy saying, are you investigating? I think it's a fair question. And I think we need to keep pushing and I think we need to keep pressing because common sense suggests and the things I've heard suggest that this was a code red that was ordered by someone high enough to order it. And there aren't a whole lot of people on that list, quite frankly. So this is something that I think is not going away anytime quickly. And I'm not sure whoever put this in motion, whoever pushed down the first domino understood where it was going to go because, you know, Shereen, let's go back to July 1st. The NFL successfully announced the penalties that were attached to the Washington football team investigation without releasing the findings. Afternoon of July 1, heading into a four-day Independence Day weekend with no one really paying attention again until the following Tuesday. By the time Tuesday rolled around, nobody cared. By the time Tuesday rolled around, nobody was saying, how in the hell can the NFL have this extended investigation, hire a lawyer to do it? She doesn't even create a report. There's no transparency after Deflategate, Bullygate, Bountygate. How is this all hidden and how is that acceptable and why are they protecting Daniel Snyder? That died. That fizzled and died like the last shot of a Roman candle, as John Madden used to say. It was gone by the time the 4th of July holiday ended. And 
How did they not realize that dusting off the $650,000 trove or 650000 email trove, excuse me, and, and releasing a few wasn't going to cause people to say, and they're saying it now, Shereen, that's what's encouraging to me. I've heard yeah. from readers yes. and viewers all day long in media who, who sometimes may look the other way when it comes to things the NFL did or didn't do, saying, this is BS, you can't just release the Gruden emails and and hide the rest. We need more because, you know, on one hand, it's either an outlier and John Gruden was the only one who was doing this. Or there are people who are saying everybody in the NFL acts this way and communicates this way. Those two extremes aren't true. The truth is in the middle. And the only way to get to the truth, the only way to begin to get to the truth is to see the 650,000 emails. It's pretty incredible, Mike, that this all stems out of that Washington football team investigation. And the one guy who loses his job has no connection to the Washington football team. Bruce Allen has now taken down Jay Gruden and the emails from John Gruden to Bruce Allen have taken down John Gruden. But he otherwise he had no connection to the Washington football team. And it's left you with this feeling that there's no transparency, no accountability with this someone in washington dan snyder should have lost his job over what transpired in washington instead it's john gruden who loses his job and he should have lost his job no question about that he should have but the fact that this began as a washington football team investigation and the one guy who loses his job is in las vegas just astounds me that this is where we are and we do need something else again we go back we talked about officiating yesterday for a long time about no accountability this is another thing that the nfl has no accountability no transparency we are left with so many questions and those within the nfl are left with so many questions mike and the fact that one of the emails or some of the emails not just one according to the new york times report that were exchanged between John Gruden and Bruce Allen and other men had photos of women wearing only bikini bodies, including one photo of two Washington team cheerleaders. That overlaps, that meshes with, that crosses over to part of why they were doing this investigation in the first place. Where'd that photo come from? Who got it? You know, that video of the outtakes from the cheerleader photo shoot once that report came to light from the Washington Post, that's when the NFL snatched the investigation away from the Washington football team. So this goes not directly to the heart, but it's pretty damn close to the heart of what they were doing in the first place. And, you know, as we talk this through, Shereen, because, again, and I, 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 I've talked about this a lot today, and I've taken a lot of different questions from a lot of different people. And one of the things that occurred to me is that, The only way to fully get to the truth on this is not just to have the Washington football team related emails, but everyone's, every team. Yeah. Because, you know, at a time when we're all wondering who really else is acting like John Gruden, the only way we would have known how John Gruden was acting is to have this scenario where he was buddies with a guy who worked for the Washington football team, the team that ended up under investigation. There are plenty of other coaches and executives and friends out there that may have been communicating the exact same way for the last 10 years or longer, and there's no way to know it unless we see them all. But what we do know is there are 650,000 emails that continue to be hidden. And think about the last decade in Washington. Think about the people who have worked there, the coaches who have come from there, who have worked on the staffs there. I would assume all their emails are part of this too. And again, we don't know what they say until we have full transparency, but if they would ever release all of these, Shireen, we get a 130-second slice. You know how, like, with the Packers, you get 130-second slice of the financial situation of the entire league because the Packers' financial picture must be disclosed publicly every year because they are a publicly held corporation, there's a chance we get a 130-second slice of how people behave via email, other communications in Washington, if and when they ever release that information. They say they're not going to do it. The Washington Post reported again today they're not going to do it. Well, 
I don't think it's going to go away quickly and quietly, and I think that they're going to get more and more pressure on them to come up with a way to produce some of the emails, even if they don't produce all of them. They've gone down the rabbit hole, Mike. There's no turning back now, and there's going to be questions about this thing, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. Just because John Gruden resigned, I don't know if whoever released these is expecting us to just everybody to just say okay well that's it he's the only one we're all all good now hey hey we're great that's not going to happen these questions are going to linger again and again and again and the next time that Roger Goodell speaks to the media he's going to be asked repeatedly about this and what the other emails are out there that we haven't seen 650,000 I will guarantee you that John Gruden is not the only one again he was the one who was targeting this but I guarantee you there are more people in this and I am astounded Mike I hear these stories not just in the NFL but everywhere else that that someone is dumb enough to put something in writing on a company email that you know can get you in trouble. It just astounds me that people continue to do this again and again and again. But I guarantee you in those 650,000 emails, John Gruden is not the only one who said something that could get him or her fired. When I practice law, I rarely won cases with testimony. I won cases with documents. Documents are undeniable. Documents are frozen in time forever. And if you get somebody behaving in a very loose and body and over-the-top and inappropriate way in writing, in an email, it's a hell of a lot of to prove whatever it is you're trying to prove. And most people are smart enough not to reduce their private thoughts to writing or even to reduce their private thoughts to words. Donald Sterling had to sell the L.A. Clippers because of private comments he made in his home. There are no private communications unless you're talking to your spouse, a lawyer, a doctor, or in some jurisdictions, a priest. There are no privileges. And anything you say can and will be used against you. I guess we should say can or will be used against you because it doesn't mean it will be, but it can be. The thought is no longer private the moment it escapes your mouth or your fingertips. And I was on with Dan Abrams um, on his Sirius XM channel today for a good 40 minutes talking about this. And he's a very firm believer in this is a dangerous precedent. And, you know, would it be right? Would it be fair? Would it be just to look through all these emails and release all these emails? And are there no private communications? And I, I think you could argue there are no private communications because when it's time to go to trial, When it's time to piece together what happened in whatever setting, whatever the theory, a civil case, a criminal case, whatever, every question is a fair question unless it falls within a privilege, like attorney-client. And you have to answer the question, what did he say to you next, even if it was just two of you in a private conversation? What was said next? That's fair game. So I think the broader lesson is, Everything you say, everything you do, everything you create, every record of your existence is potentially something that you may have to stand to account for later. So act accordingly. Yeah, no question about that, Mike. And a question I have, and I'll I'll throw this to you. Is Mark Davis in some sense relieved because this got him out of a really bad contract he gave to John Gruden? And this team was 22 and 31 under Gruden. It's not what he or the Raiders expected when they hired John Gruden to come back to lead the organization. So is he relieved now to get out of this contract and be able to do something else, do you think? Well, we don't know whether or not there was a negotiation that preceded John Gruden resigning. Did they agree that he would get X percent of his remaining guaranteed money? When that contract was first reported in early 2018, I was told that it may not be fully guaranteed. It's not a full $100 million fully guaranteed, and it may be backloaded, and there may be some escape hatches there. It just sounded good. It was big. It's Vegas. 10 years, $100 million, regardless of whether or not it's ever paid. So I don't know how much Gruden was still owed in guaranteed money, and it's possible that Gruden will get something and signed something. The smart thing to do, if you're Mark Davis, 
and Mark Davis's lawyers is to get everything in writing, everything understood, that Gruden is walking away with a full waiver of claims and he gets something in consideration for it, and he signs an NDA. The, I, I, I doubt that it was as simple as everything hit the fan last night, Mark Davis goes into the office, they get together for five minutes, and Davis says, you either got to quit or i got to fire you. Okay, I'll quit, and that's it. There's too much at stake here yeah. to just rip the Band-Aid off and move on. So my guess is, and that's a good point, and I need to write about it at PFT because a lot of people have asked about it. And in my mind, it's one of those issues you drill down to after you've addressed everything else, and I think you raised it at an appropriate time, but I think it's an appropriate time for me to explain in writing and hopefully I've explained it effectively here, how this all works. And it would be foolish if Gruden and Davis didn't negotiate something to a conclusion. And and look, if Gruden walked out without any type of resolution to his contract and he wants to swing back around and get more and say, you know, I know I quit, but I quit because you told me you were going to fire me. So... I didn't have any choice but to quit. So it was a constructive discharge, so I should still get my money. If he pushes that, typically these contracts require those disputes to be resolved by the commissioner. So good luck winning if you're one of the guys trying to sue for relief a team that employs the commissioner. That's going to be a tough thing to do, and it typically is a tough thing to do. And I, I can't remember... I think, didn't the Raiders lose the Lane Kiffin grievance? I think they did lose the Lane. When yes, Lane Kiffin sued, did. remember, they had the, the, the yeah. overhead projector and Al Davis dumped on Lane Kiffin incessantly and, and didn't pay him. They lost that one. I don't think they'd lose this one, but they lost that one. No. All right, I'm going to bring I'm gonna bring another scenario up in this. I'm going to bring the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into this. John Gruden's in the ring of honor. It is the ring of honor. Honor being the key word in that. Brian Glazer, one of the owners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was brought up in these emails that John Gruden wrote to Bruce Allen. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, do you ignore this? Do you remove John Gruden from the ring of honor? How do you play this if you're the Buccaneers? Because I think they're in an uncomfortable position with this as well. Well, that's a great point, and I think one thing that they do is they wait and see whether or not anyone raises the question and demands that it be done. You know, if it just kind of is quiet. I mean, there's two different ways this goes. They are put under public pressure to do it, or they decide on their own, we're doing it. Has it ever happened that someone has been taken out of a ring of honor? Was O.J. Simpson taken out of the Buffalo Bills ring of honor? Is he still in the Buffalo Bills ring of honor? I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. question. He may still be. They don't take busts out of the Hall of Fame. John Gruden will never have a bust right. in the Hall of Fame, not that he earned one anyway. Um, you know, and that's lost in all of this, too. I said last year, as the season was coming to an end, if he wasn't John Gruden with the Chucky persona and if he wasn't yes. employed by his best buddy, Mark Davis, he'd have been fired after three years of no yeah. playoffs with all those expectations upon coming out of a nine-year exile from the NFL. So uh, I I think when we look at his actual coaching record, it's not nearly good enough to overcome this other stuff. If this was Bill Belichick, if this was Vince Lombardi, if this was some coach who you look at and say, oh, I hired that guy and I'm going to have a winner, you'd you'd have to think maybe after a few years they'd find a way to bring him back somewhere because ultimately teams want to win. Gruden's not good enough that – somebody's going to look the other way about these other issues if Gruden's hired again. And there's still more emails in that underground hazardous waste facility that contains 650,000 emails. And you never know when they're going to show up again if John Gruden would be coming back to the NFL. Well, and Mike, you brought up a good point. I'm going to throw another scenario out. You brought up the point of if Friday, if he had resigned between Friday and Monday or been fired between Friday and Monday, that that you don't think the second batch of emails comes back. Let's just pretend there's not a second batch of emails. Would this have gone away is the first question. And the second question is if, if he hadn't resigned or been fired on Monday, was there a third batch of emails possibly that could have come out? 
Well, I do believe they had more, and I think that's why Gruden walked away yeah, when he too. did. Now, it was untenable as of last yeah. night, but I think there was a stop-the-fight, throw-the-towel element to it because it was clear that someone wanted him gone. Interesting to know what would have happened if the other emails hadn't come yeah. out. I think, I, you know, I, I, I think he had weathered the storm. Now, whether or yes. not the team would have responded and whether or not there would have been some issues later and they go into a tailspin, that's a different question. But it didn't feel like there was a groundswell for him to go. And I know as of Sunday, there were some folks high up in the league office who believed he was not going to be suspended. Now, not the people who make the ultimate decision, but I, the league, I think, didn't want to pick that fight with him. What the league wanted to do, and what I reported Sunday night was the league isn't expected to suspend him and it all falls to the Raiders as to what they're going to do. The NFL made sure they did enough to cajole the Raiders into taking action. And I think that they had hoped that the Friday disclosure would be enough to do it, Shireen, and that ultimately it was the Monday disclosure that got this uh, finally to a point where someone wanted it, which is John Gruden not working for the Raiders anymore. Yeah, you know, the NFL really had its hands tied to a certain extent of being able to issue a suspension or whatever simply because he worked at ESPN at the time. But they did, I I think you and I both believe, they did what they had to do to have him removed, and that was to release more emails. And now here we are. The Raiders didn't have to take action or did take action or however that played out between Mark Davis and John Gruden. He's no longer employed. But the league was in a difficult position to be able to take action. So I believe that they took the action necessary to make sure that he was removed from his job. And that happened, Mike. He's no longer there. And I think that's ultimately what everyone wanted. And I do think that it was the right move based on what we've seen out of those emails. And, and look, let's assume our theory slash hypothesis is accurate that if Gruden had not resigned or been fired last night, there would have been more. One thing, and you know I, I raised this question last night, one category of emails that we had not yet seen are emails that would have been potentially generated between Gruden and Allen when Allen was still employed by the Washington football team and Gruden had returned to the Raiders. 2018, 2019. That's right. Nothing. It was creeping closer and closer to 2018, 2019. It's a lot more embarrassing for the Raiders if emails come out that Gruden sent while working for the Raiders. So... That's a reason for the Raiders to pull the plug before those emails come right. out. And you do the Raiders a favor by not dumping those. You dump enough. You don't pull the sword all the way out and decapitate. You just show enough of the sword, and that's what they did. And the other category I'm interested in, emails in which John Gruden ridicules, mocks, or makes fun of Mark Davis. Because I suspect there yeah. were some in the years that John Gruden was not working for the Raiders. I suspect that there were some, after the death of Al Davis, Mark takes over, and it wouldn't take much. What a moron that guy is. I was around him. You should have seen him. Who cuts his damn hair? You could hear Gruden saying stuff like that. And again, none of it would be in the same categories as the ones that brought him down. But if those don't get leaked, Mark Davis doesn't get embarrassed. If he knows they could get leaked, he could get embarrassed. In a different way, than if emails from Raiders.com were leaked. But still, I think that's what was coming next. And I think that that uh, the league was hoping that somebody would do the right thing from the league's perspective before it got to the point where those emails had to come out. And it certainly happened, Mike. And now you wonder what happens to John Gruden. I mean, his career is over, period, in football, we know. His career is over in broadcasting, period, we know. As you just go away and we never hear from John Gruden again, I think it's very possible that that could happen, that we've seen the last of John Gruden publicly and what a fall he's taken. I mean, we've seen it in so many times with celebrities and 
in show business and everything else. And now we're seeing it in football, the great fall of someone who, who frankly was a face of the NFL. Even when he wasn't coaching in the NFL, he was something of a face. He still had that Chucky persona. He was still on commercials. We remember all those commercials he did when he wasn't coaching in the NFL. So he was a huge figure, and now he, he's gone. And I have a feeling we're never going to see or hear from him. Now, he'll probably tell his side of the story and possibly to one of the beat writers for the team or whoever it might be. He may come out and have a conversation there. But as, as far as on a, a monthly, daily basis of hearing from John Gruden, I think we've seen the last of John Gruden. I'm not ready to agree with that because time will pass – Atonement opportunities will arise. Mike Vick played again after engaging in dogfighting, gambling, and the killing in cold blood of dogs deemed unfit to fight. That's something for which he escaped any and all prosecution, state or federal, as it relates to killing the dogs that were deemed unfit to fight. He came back after two years. Craig Carton, back hosting a popular radio show on WFAN after going to prison for uh, some sort of fraudulent activity, and I can't even remember what it was, a Ponzi scheme or something along those lines. I'll defer to the public records there. He, we, we know he went to prison. There was a documentary from HBO. He got his redemption. Think about all of the media companies out there now. Think about all of the sports books that are looking to create content factories. John Gruden, with a daily podcast, where he's unfiltered, because you know what, Shereen, unlike his time at ESPN, when he was constantly <laughs> watching what he yeah. said because he didn't want to burn bridges. I was so disappointed by John Gruden as an analyst because he was always flowery and positive, and we knew damn well what he was doing. He was trying to ensure that he would have maximum opportunities when he was ready to coach again. And if you start alienating players and coaches and owners, there's an irony here to this, frankly. If you start alienating those folks, it's hard to get that job. Now, you wait a couple years, and one of these, one of these sports books... DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, Fanatics, once they get into the media business. Whoever. The John Gruden Show. You think it wouldn't be popular? John Gruden breaking down film, telling you what coaches really think, and not worrying about pissing anyone off because he's already pissed everyone off. I'm not ready to write that off. He's going to have some work to do. It's going to take some time, but I'm not ready to assume that's not going to happen at some point between now and 10 years from now or even five years from now it's gonna have to take a lot of time i mean the 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 numbers of people that he ripped in those emails is a lot you think of all the groups of people who who are in there and i just think there will be so many people who are going to not like john gruden at this point that it's just going to be hard in the short term for him to do anything like that mike but you're right five years ten years from now maybe so maybe maybe that's the case he's only 58 years old he's not that old and you're right at that point all gloves are off he can say whatever he wants he doesn't have to worry about criticizing anybody because he's not getting back in the nfl i think that much is assured we can call anyone older than us old, even though he's not that much older than us. <laughs> Two right. points, one confirmation and one correction. Correction, Lane Kiffin lost his grievance with the Raiders, which underscores okay. how well the deck is stacked, stack, the deck is stacked or the deck is stacked in favor of the team. And second, <laughs> O.J. Simpson's still in the Buffalo Bills ah. ring of honor. All right, let's talk about this a little bit more. We'll regroup, and we'll see what we discussed, what we didn't discuss, and we'll discuss some stuff that we hopefully haven't already discussed when PFTPM continues right after this. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Okay, a couple of other things about the John Gruden situation before we move forward. The NFLPA plans to petition the NFL to release the rest of the Washington football team emails. And it's funny how the choice of language can send a certain message that may have been intended. It doesn't mean they're going to file a lawsuit. It just means they're going to ask. But petition sounds so much more formal 
than ask that that maybe they use that on purpose to get people thinking there could be some sort of litigation. There won't be. It'll be the NFLPA says, will you do it? And the NFL says, no, we won't. But it made me wonder, Shereem, could there be some vehicle, some device, some way in some jurisdiction for someone to to try to force the NFL to release the Washington football team emails or other team emails? You got a lot of stadiums that were built with public money, a lot of stadiums that are owned and operated by public bodies. And every state has its own Freedom of Information Act. And I don't have the time or the desire to look at all 25 of them, however many states there are where the NFL does business, but all it takes is one. All it takes is one and an aggressive lawyer who decides to fight the case and maybe gets lucky and unlocks a trove of documents, whether they are the WFT documents or some other team in the in the public interest, whatever flowery language could be concocted to find out how this this organization is being properly managed and and take the position that any and all documents sent and received via email on the domain are essentially public documents that are are fair for disclosure. I, I mean, look, if, if if you're a head coach of a of a state university like the head coach at West Virginia University, any and all emails on his email account yeah. are subject to the Freedom of Information Act. And uh, I, I just wonder if in some state it's written broadly enough that the reliance on public funds for the stadium or the practice facility would be enough, Shireen, to unlock all of those emails. And, Mike, are you talking about just some citizen saying, hey, we, we want to see what these emails say, so yes. we're going to file a pub? Okay. Yeah. These are public Anybody documents. These are public documents. Yes, they are. You are a public entity because your workplace, your your structure, your stadium was paid for by public funds. And uh, all it takes yeah. is one. And it, it could have been written in a way that it was never intended. The loophole may be there. All it takes is one. Yeah. And you could argue that in addition to the various state agencies, the football team is also under the Freedom of Information Act. It's just something to think about, and you wonder if anyone's going to poke around at yeah. that. And if it wasn't football season, if this was May or June, maybe I would find some time to do it. But I'll be candid with everyone. There's no way in hell I'm making time to do it now. One last point. <laughs> Rich Bisacci is the interim head coach. Yeah. And I thought it would be Gus Bradley. But Bisacci has been around forever. But, you know, yeah. Rich Eisen asked me about this today. When Bisacci stands up to address the team, are the players going to see Gruden? Is he far enough removed from Gruden that they're going to accept him and not think, well, we'd like to see your emails. We know how you treat us to our faces. Are you just like the other guy? How are you different from the other guy? What distinguishes you from the other guy? And for the same reasons that we currently wouldn't trust the other guy, why should we trust you? That's one of the questions I'd have. If I was Rich Bisacci, and that would be one of my biggest challenges, is distancing myself from John Gruden immediately. Well, and I go way back with Rich Bisacci. Let me just put that there. He spent five years in Dallas, and I love Rich Bisacci. I know players love Rich Bisacci. He's done a great job. He's wanted to be a head coach forever, Mike. He tried to get the South Carolina job a few years ago. He tried to get the University of South Florida job a few years ago. He's tried to get some of those college jobs. He's wanted a chance to become a head coach, and now he gets that chance. Like Joe Judge and John Harbaugh got that chance as special teams coordinators. Now he gets a chance with a good football team to try to put something together. But you're right. He is going to have to answer those questions of, I am not John Gruden. This is Rich Basaccia talking to you because he does have a history with John Gruden. He was with John Gruden in Tampa. That's where he began his NFL coaching career. And then he went to the Chargers and Cowboys before rejoining John Gruden in with the Raiders. So he does have that history with John Gruden. So he is going to have to convince those players that I am not John Gruden. I am Rich Passaccia. We go way back. You guys know me. You know what I am stand for. You know how I coach. And now he gets his opportunity. And it does make some sense that he's the guy rather than Gus Bradley because now you don't have to worry about naming somebody else defensive coordinator 
Now, as special teams coach, the assistant special teams coach can take over. He can still help out with that and do his head coaching duties. I think he was a great hire for them as the interim coach. And as I texted him last night, I haven't heard back from him, but I said, this is the opportunity you waited for. He does a good job here. Who knows what kind of opportunities he gets, whether it's in Las Vegas or whether they decide we need to completely move on from this coaching staff. Maybe he gets an opportunity elsewhere. I just think it would be an easier sell for Gus Bradley to say I'm not John Gruden because he's only been there for five games. And Bisaccia is too close to Gruden. It's going to take some effort for Bisaccia to show that he's not. But maybe he can do it. But that's going to be his first challenge is to distance himself from John Gruden. And he may have to go in there with his own clear and unequivocal indictment of the things John Gruden said or did, which – could create a bit of a schism because there may be some guys in the locker room that support Sean Gruden and don't want to hear it. So not an easy yeah. task for Rich Bisaccia. Be careful what you wish for. The dog that chases the car sometimes catches it, and then you have to figure out what the hell to do with it, and that's <laughs> going to be part of the challenge for Rich Bisaccia. All right, uh, why don't we do this? Because we have a couple of segments left, and we only have about 15 minutes left in the program. We'll take a break, and we'll talk about some other news happening in the National Football League when this Tuesday edition of PFTPM continues right after this. I understand what, what Edgy was saying and Carson was saying. You, you feel like you're a part of it when you're taking a shot and, you you know, you got your pads on for a reason. And, and then some of the rules, you know, they're giving penalties out uh, for hits that aren't really that damaging, you know, or or, or brutal. Uh, you don't – I mean, look, I had one last week. I don't know what the penalty was for. I didn't feel like I got uh, – I think it was TJ. What? I don't feel like it was a bad hit or – uh, overly rough hit. Uh, I was surprised there was a penalty, you know. And I'm not begging for those type of penalties. If you get drilled in the head, yeah, of course. I mean, that's probably a penalty. The below the knees one, if it's a blatant one where a guy's diving at you, which doesn't really happen a whole lot, I kind of get that one. But all the other ones, you know, you want to feel like a football player. I don't feel like sliding makes you less tough. It's just sometimes a smarter thing to do. Agreed. It's absolutely the smarter thing to do. It's absolutely what you should do. Avoid contact. It is basic physics and science and medicine. The more you're hit, the more likely you're going to get hurt. So don't get hit. He also said to Pat McAfee today that he told Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, after the game on Sunday, slide. You'll lengthen your career that way. So I I think that it's very smart. And we we are very far removed from... Guys like Jim Everett being ridiculed by guys like Jim Rome for yeah. taking a dive. Now it's smart to know when to sit down. Quarterbacks need to know when to avoid that hit because you need to be able to play the rest of that game and beyond. One of the dumbest plays I saw, Mike, and I, I know what he was doing, but I was at the Cowboys-Giants game on Sunday, and Daniel Jones lowered his head to try to split the two guys to get in the end zone from the one. And you cannot do that, ever. And I don't know if you saw the video, but how he got up and was staggering around. He looked like he was drunk, and they ran over to him and got him back down on the ground. It was obvious he was completely out of it. You can't take those hits as a quarterback and put yourself in danger. And as Aaron Rodgers said, there's only one player he would tell not to slide, and that's Lamar Jackson. I would add Kyler Murray to that list because, as you've pointed out many times, over the last couple of years, Kyler Murray seems to never take a big hit. He had that shoulder injury last year, but never seems to take that big hit. He slides. He gets out of bounds. He avoids those dangerous situations. Every quarterback needs to watch what Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray do to avoid those big hits and stay away from those. Don't be Daniel Jones and some of these other quarterbacks like Joe Burrow who take some of those hits. Tom Brady took a hit on Sunday that we didn't know about at the time, although he did show up at the press conference with his hand wrapped, and he said, hey, in past years I would try to hide it. Here's Tom Brady talking about the – or maybe we don't have the sound. We don't need the sound. We can can skip the sound. We don't need the sound. Okay, here's the the sound. You know, I was aware of it. Um, I mean, look, a quarterback's right hand is important at the end of the day, so it's not like it's your left hand. If it was my left hand, I wouldn't think two seconds about it. But, um, you know, the fact that it's your throwing hand, I mean, there's not many things that are that important to a quarterback other than probably your right shoulder and your right elbow and your right hand. Um, so anytime, you know, you get banged on one of those, it's, 
it could be an issue. But like I said, I think it's, it's there's nothing, there's no serious injury at all. So it's just more of di- um, you know discomfort. But I think that should be gone here next day or two. You know, Colin Coward once had a hot take that franchise quarterbacks should not wear their hats backward. I don't agree with that, but I will say this. At a certain age, you should not wear your hat yeah. backward, Shireen. And Tom Brady, I don't know what it that age the, is. It's Tom, the age. Tom Brady's on the wrong side of it. He's where, where, Wherever it is, the, the, the milk is expired. <laughs> no more backward hats for Tom Brady. 34, okay. 44, not okay. Not sure where that hits in between. Uh, so bottom line is, He'll, he'll, he'll play. Rob Gronkowski, Bruce Arians, the coach of the Buccaneers, said today he, he may make the flight to Philly. They don't know yet, but uh, they need Gronk in the red zone. They, they scored 45 without him, though, on Sunday, Shereen. Yeah, that's a pretty darn good team. I'll be interested to see early in that game, Mike, how his thumb is doing, but he threw three touchdown pass after he had the injury the other day. I think he's going to be just fine, as you've pointed out. If it was a knee or something like he played through last year, we never heard about. If it's really serious, we wouldn't have heard about this one. Yep, we only know about the ones that aren't a big deal. Let's take a break, and we'll answer some questions on the biggest deal in the NFL still, the John Gruden situation. More PFTPM. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Breaking news, a statement issued by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moments ago, which goes directly to one of the questions Shereen Williams raised earlier. And the statement reads as follows. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have advocated for purposeful change in the areas of racial relations, gender equality, diversity, and inclusion for many years. While we acknowledge John Gruden's contributions on the field, his actions go against our core values as an organization. Therefore, he will no longer continue to be a member of the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. So there it is, Shireen. No public pressure, no debate, no discussion, no should we or shouldn't we. They did it less than 24 hours after we found out about the most recent set of emails, one of which directly insulted Brian Glazer, one of the owners of the team. Yeah, and that's the two things that I thought might be a reason for them to take him out. First, it is the Ring of Honor, but the the email mentioning Brian Glazer, that was number one. I mean, you've disparaged a member of the organization who it can take you out of the ring of honor. And secondly, this is an organization, Mike. I talked to Bruce Arians and, and Darcy Glazer, you know, one of the, the three uh, siblings who are owners of this team, about how inclusive this organization has been. I mean, they have... Um, two minority coordinators. We know the women, the two women they have on their staff. I mean, this has been an, a very inclusive organization. And for some of the things that John Gruden said to have come out, that's why it came to my mind of, hey, this is maybe something that the Buccaneers may do. And they didn't take long to do it. Less than 24 hours after John Gruden resigns, here we are. He's out of the Buccaneers ring of honor, Mike. Here's a question from Sardana Palace U. It seems a concerted effort was made to take down John Gruden, which he deserved. Is this being done to protect Dan Snyder and the Washington football team? Let me take this one first. I think it's apples and oranges. I think yeah. it's two different things. I think yeah. Dan Snyder was protected by the decision to bury the outcome, the findings, the facts relevant to the Washington football team investigation in July. And... I think they did that not to protect Dan Snyder, but to protect the other owners against having a similar thing unfold in their organizations. No one wants to be audited by the IRS, and no NFL owner wants to be investigated and have every single email and text message in nook and cranny delved into by lawyers who are looking to find something that can be used to say you committed wrongdoing. So that silence protected Snyder and in turn the other owners And now taking down Gruden, that was a completely different thing. I just think that they got to the point where they didn't like Gruden. Constant irritant, always complaining about something, always pushing back against progress. And these emails fell into their laps. And uh, look at what he said about Roger Goodell. Not, Not smart to say those kinds of things about the guy whose name is on every football that's manufactured, Shireen. 
Yeah, no question, Mike. And I think in the Snyder situation, I do think it's apples to oranges. In the Snyder situation, as you've pointed out, it was billionaires protecting billionaires. And I think that's what this came down to. No other owner wants anybody to go through their emails. I guarantee you that. A Red Zone Alk asks, could this get so bad that ultimately the NFL turns on one of its owners? I don't know that that this controversy in and of itself would cause the NFL to turn on one of its owners. But my concern is that if the remainder of the 650,000 emails continue to be kept in secret with only certain people knowing what's in there, and there is an owner that, for whatever reason, the commissioner doesn't like, that owner does something that the commissioner doesn't like, they peel off 10, 15 pages, print them out, and they have the conversation. And you've you've sent to Bruce. We don't know. We don't know that any owner falls into that category. But until we see all the documents, we won't know. And that's a way it would happen. That's how an owner could be taken down. If an owner ends up on the naughty list for Roger Goodell or, you know, sufficiently powerful owners who run the league from behind the curtain. And there are emails. There just happen to be emails. They get lucky in that regard, lucky. Not that there's anything lucky about any of this. It's awful. But that would be a way to engineer this against an owner if there are any owners who have off-color, offensive, inappropriate, derogatory emails that were sent to Bruce Allen. We just don't know. I am so curious where this ends up, Mike, if somebody else is involved in this that is going to go away whether publicly or behind the scenes, we see a resignation. I, I'm just really curious where this is going to end up because I don't think this is the end of this. Do you think that this is the end? I think the NFL is going to do its damnedest to make it the end, but I think too many people I are motivated too, at this yep. point. You know, if, if my information and speculation and common sense logic is accurate and sometimes it is and sometimes it ain't but if i'm right on this one (laughs) that this was all deliberately leaked by the nfl to achieve a specific end and it wasn't old school woodward and bernstein reporting by the wall street journal the new york times i guarantee you this there are news organizations that are now pressing and pressing and pressing and far more aggressively than anyone was after the initial burying of these emails back in July. And I think with enough people sufficiently motivated, somebody's going to get more, whether the NFL wants them out or not. And that's the thing to watch. Can they get more of these? Can they get Snyder's? That's the place to start. Snyder's emails to Bruce Allen, Shireen. Yeah, they, they've opened this rabbit hole. They've gone down this rabbit hole, and there is no way to get out of it at this point, Mike. This is not over. And I don't know how they didn't realize that this is the way it would go once they moved against John Gruden. I think they underestimated the extent to which this would mushroom. That's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow morning for PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.